Well, welcome, friends, to uh, your radio activist here, Mark Harrington and the Mark Harrington Show. You can pick us up on all the popular podcasting platforms and all the social media websites like Instagram and TikTok and all the rest, anytime, 24-7, 365. And uh, we're going to be talking about a very important issue today, and that is we're going to look at the abortion question from the supply side of it. And you don't hear about that whole lot because for good reason, because we're trying to end abortion by decreasing demand, zeroing it out if we can. And that is what we do day in, day out in changing hearts and minds on abortion. That's what we do here at Created Equal when we go to college and high school campuses and we're in the public square educating Americans about what abortion is and does. But there is another side to this that in some ways is neglected often. Um, If you're thinking about a land war, for example, not using guns and bullets, don't get me wrong here, but there are two sides to the equation, two sides to the battle. You want to deal with the demand, decrease the need for abortion, but you can also squeeze the abortion industry out of business. And so we're going to talk about that today. And my guest is, uh, is Missy Martinez Stone, and she is the CEO of Reprotection. Missy, thanks for being on the program. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here, Mark. Well, we, we love the work you're doing. And, you know, we've talked about this in the past with my good friend Troy Newman of Operation Rescue. Mm-hmm. You know, they were kind of the pioneers, if you were, if right. you will, on on the supply side of the equation. Cheryl Solinger doing great work there. Uh, really, you know, we stand on the shoulders, sh- shoulders of giants that have gone before us, uh, laying the groundwork for a lot of the work that you're doing. And you've just taken it to a new level. And so I want to talk about that today. When we talk about supply side, now, now that's my term, okay, supply right. side, if you will, to the abortion issue, uh, what does it look like for reprotection? What, what do you guys do? Mm-hmm. So we are looking specifically at how these abortion facilities are operating. Um, we mm-hmm. know that abortion facilities tend to bend and break every law that they can. There's an entitlement that they are above state regulations, federal regulations, and agencies are, are really hesitant to uh, enforce laws on them, uh, to regulate them because of the controversy surrounding abortion. And uh, so we're looking at the operational side. What are they doing to break the laws and how do we hold them accountable with those agencies? And the ultimate goal is to shut down the facility based on their own misdeeds. Right. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I've been to the Supreme Court. I'm sure you have. And there's been a whole lot of in the past before the Dobbs case, a lot of regulations that were before the U.S. Supreme Court. Right. A lot of restrictions, the laws, state laws. We've really trimmed around the edges of Roe versus Wade until recently when we started going to the heart of Roe by passing bans, outright bans on abortion. And one of the criticisms you'd hear is, well, you people don't want to end abortion. You just want to regulate it. How do you respond to that? Mm -hmm. Well, we know that the abortion industry, um, they're not just breaking abortion regulations. They're they're breaking basic medical regulations. And so Mm -hmm. these are people that should just not be practicing medicine, period. And and our strategy really... They are self-selecting out. You know, if they're not going to run their facilities in a way that is safe, where they're sanitizing their equipment, where they are treating their patients uh, 
ethically where they're they are monitoring vitals then they shouldn't be practicing period you know i said if if we could get every abortion facility functioning like an actual ambulatory surgical center most of them would close uh based on their Mm -hmm. own practices and that's not our fault (laughs) right exactly i mean we've passed a lot of laws regulating abortion clinics here in Ohio. And it, it follows that if you're going to kill babies, right, if you're going to kill babies, which is against the moral law of God and should be against the law as far as the you know civil government, you're certainly probably you're probably not going to be following the other rules and regulations and laws in a state like Ohio or any right. other. So these are people that are lawbreakers and it makes sense that they would break the law and we should do what we can to enforce those. So let's talk about that. How do you get, say, a state like Ohio, which, you know, is more or less a red state, kind of a purple state more. Mm -hmm. How do you get states like Ohio, the government that is, to actually enforce these laws? We've had a whole lot of problem with that, and I'm sure that's a problem around the country. What do you guys do to get them to actually enforce it? Yeah. So we start with getting really clear evidence from firsthand evidence. encounters. So we're, t- we're talking to the women themselves or the pregnancy centers or the sidewalk advocates um, mm-hmm. that experienced these violations firsthand. And we document it in a way that there leave- it leaves no questions. Um, I know sometimes in the past, pro-lifers have in, in good, um, you know, with good intention filed complaints, but they didn't have standing. That was a, re- right. a really big issue is making sure we're getting information that would, that would hold up Um, under scrutiny, and that these agencies can't ignore. And so we start with getting really good documentation. And then it's- And you get those from whom? Who who provides you that information? Mm -hmm. So we have uh, an official uh, partnership with Sidewalk Advocates for Life, the national group. So any of the sidewalk advocates that are out in front of the abortion facilities that are serving the abortion-minded patients and and their families, if they see something, they're told to call us. And so we're getting- really good information um, from those contacts as well as pregnancy centers. Um, we partner with Heartbeat International as well. Uh, again, mm-hmm. reporting, we're the reporting organization for all of their affiliates as well. And we train them on how to collect information in a way that doesn't put the client in any kind of um, situation where she feels pressured or, you know, we're not publicizing it, um, but we've created a safe place for them to bring that information. So you have sidewalk advocates all across the country who are out in front of these abortion facilities. Uh, they are your best, uh, you know, eyes and ears on the ground. And it's that old saying, see something, say something, right? <laughs> it's just basically Absolutely. like the government and yeah. just report to you. Mm-hmm. And then you take it from there. I, yeah. I imagine you're getting all kinds of uh, reports from all around the country. So how many. do you, and I don't want to get into the weeds here, but how, yeah. how do you determine which one of these to follow up on and, and which ones you can actually use to to shut down an abortion center? Right. So we we have we take each violation kind of through a process of, of screening. So we have to determine first, did a violation even occur? So we go to the state code and and sometimes, unfortunately, the way these laws are passed these abortion facilities are exploiting loopholes. Um, They'll find, Mm -hmm. they'll get off on the smallest technicality. And so we have to go to the rules and determine, did a violation actually occur? Um, And then we're looking at who was responsible. So, and what's the protocol um, for filing complaints, but then we're really looking at, 
do we have a strong community um, on the ground that is willing to see this through? Because these are long processes. I mean, some of these right. take upwards of two years. Do we have a mm-hmm. strong commitment from the community to be involved with us, to partner with us and see this through? And then also, what does uh, whatever agency that's responsible, you know, what, is, what are their chances of, of, of investigation of responsiveness? And so we really have to look at these cases individually and say, what violation occurred? Who's responsible? What's the protocol? Do we have a commitment from the community? And if all those things align, then we can really delve in and and shut the, the facility down. My guest today is Missy Martinez Stone, and she is the CEO of Reprotection. And you can find out more by going to reprotection.org. And there is a, a, a part of the website that allows you to uh, send information, if you mm-hmm. will, to make a report on what you might be seeing out in front of these abortion centers. And so I, I really encourage you, if you're listening or watching the program today and you are a sidewalk advocate or you are someone who stays up on what's happening in your community with the abortion centers, to look up reprotection.org. And if there's anything that seems out of sorts, to make sure that you're communicating with them uh, because there may be some action that can be taken. Uh, Missy, I want to go to the question of, you know, when it comes to supply side, if there's still demand for abortion, we know that men and women are going to seek it out. And obviously we need to work to decrease that. And we're working mm-hmm. hard as, mm-hmm. as many people are. You know, I've had the accusation when we did some of this with our Project Week link, which was the exposure of medical waste companies say, well, it's just whack-a-mole. You're, you're whacking them here and they're coming up over here. And I'd always tell them, well, you know, that may shut down some abortion centers. And when that does, right. babies are saved. Yeah. Babies are saved, right? So right. how do you respond to that as a, if you hear that criticism, if you do? How would you? Yeah, respond? I mean, it, this is where it we really uh, focus on, this is a community effort. It's not enough to just close down the facility. And, and we said that as soon as the Dobbs decision came out and everyone was like, do you mm-hmm. still going to have a job? But I'm in Kentucky. Oh, in fact, I think you your job is secure with the Dobbs decision because now I, you have these abortion havens and these sanctuaries, right? Well, so, even yeah, in let's, states where abortion is illegal, like in Kentucky, uh-huh. I mean, we had to explain to people just because abortion is essentially illegal here, how do we know that that's being enforced? Who is right. in charge of that enforcement? Um, how do mm-hmm. we know the abortion facility, again, is not exploiting the loopholes, but also women are now traveling to Southern Illinois, to Ohio, to, you know, right. and they're going to come back into our community with really horrific experiences. And so no matter where the abortions are occurring, the people in the community have to be diligent to, uh, you know, meet women that have these, these really traumatic abortion experiences. I mean, it really, like, everybody's got to be playing their part here. Like, it's not enough that we shut down the facility. Um, and, you know, say in Pensacola, that's great. And, and my prayer is that because it's not, it's easily accessible, that will be enough of a, of a deterrent that some women will choose life, but some of them will travel. And so we need to make sure where they're going is also being investigated, that they're being referred back to pregnancy centers in Pensacola. Um, and we're, we're dealing with this on both sides. You know, there used to be an old bumper sticker. I haven't seen it recently. It says, visualize abortionists on trial. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's where they belong. I mean, yeah. it, whether we get them for killing babies, which, if, you know, we are now starting to see laws passed that are mm-hmm. going to 
criminalize abortion and send abortionists to jail. Right. But we've also seen abortionists like Kermit Garsnell go to jail yeah. because of what he did. So there is Finally, a there is yeah. there are other ways to get to the to get to the final um, to to get to that conclusion of actually bringing justice to the mm-hmm. ones that perpetrate abortion. And that's what you're yeah. trying to do in yeah. part, right? And the, and the people I, I try to explain to people, even pro-choice people um, can get behind the fact that a lot of these physicians that we are investigating, and I know that you have seen, there's a reason they're in the abortion industry. They probably couldn't work mm-hmm. anywhere else. Um, most right. of the time they have a history of medical negligence. They've had multiple medical malpractice lawsuits. We've had cases where, uh, you know, the abortion facility owner has had their license revoked because of, of drug trafficking. I mean, the, the people that are drawn to this industry are not on the up and up um, mm-hmm. and should not be practicing medicine anywhere. And so uh, you would mm-hmm. think that that would make it easier. Um, but these agencies are just so reluctant to step in. Even, you know, we have a, another case um, where the abortionist was convicted of Medicaid fraud. I mean, these are not physicians um, right. that are practicing ethically, you know, period. Well, you know, my good friend, Mark Crutcher, who unfortunately passed away in the last week or so, used to say that abortionists are the bottom feeders of the medical community. It's true. And that's who they are. And so we should be able to catch them in their misdeeds. Let's finish up with this question in a post Roe America. okay, Mm -hmm. where where Roe versus Wade is no longer the law of the land as far as it goes with the Supreme Court. Uh, how do you see this working out? I mean, we have this patchwork now of abortion haven states or sanctuaries and abortion free states. Mm-hmm. You've had some successes in closing yeah. abortion centers. It, it, share a story of, of one of those successes. Yeah. So we've shut down two abortion facilities in Florida. Um, we stopped two facilities from opening in upstate New York um, and, and, and another state. We've had some places fined. But even in post America, I mean, we're having... Uh, more laws being passed. Uh, and then you've got these abortion sanctuary states. I mean, enforcement is still a problem everywhere. And so yeah. um, in states where it's uh, that are abortion havens, they're going to be breaking, again, general medical practitioner laws. We've got mm-hmm. issues of human trafficking, of, uh, you know, not reporting a, a abuse on a minor. So we're seeing those in states um, where the, where abortion is protected. And we can still take those to the appropriate agencies. Um, and so really we've just developed strategies for every state. What is their current situation? Um, and how can we strategically shut down those facilities depending on where their state has now landed in a poster America? What I really appreciate about your organization is I understand the meticulous work that you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. I mean, because yeah. I've seen I've seen it done with others in the past and I just can't imagine the amount of detail and patience it yes. takes to prosecute I say prosecute meaning to to yeah. see through the process of actually bringing these uh these laws to be enforced and bringing yes. these people to justice. So Unless uh, you've not- done it, you truly don't understand how much time <laughs> this takes and which is why we try to explain to people it's so crucial that there's an organization like Reprotection that is solely dedicated to doing this. It takes full-time people to go through each violation, figure out what the you know violation was, who's responsible, and then follow up. I mean, this is a full-time job. <laughs> 
It is, but you, you you do have your sidewalk advocates. If you would, leave us with some parting words. Speak to the audience, those who are listening, who are activists, who are out on the streets, who see things going on at the abortion centers, and they think, well, you yeah. know, that, seems, that doesn't seem right. What can they do? Yeah, you can always report uh, uh, on our website, reprotection.org, or you can send an, uh, an email to info at reprotection.org. And our director of investigations goes through every single uh, email or, or violation that comes through, and then we'll be in touch. But really, anything that feels off, anything when you're talking mm-hmm. to a woman, um, anything that she says where you go, that doesn't sound right. You know, give us that information and, and we can determine um, what's going on. Um, and if you're at a pregnancy center, we do have a class on the Heartbeat Academy platform that actually teaches you how to document these violations while uh, adhering to HIPAA, you know, and um, not distracting from your main mission of, of serving those women. But you can take the class at, on Heartbeat Academy, and, and that would be a really good resource, too. My guest has been Missy Martinez-Stone, and she is the CEO of Reprotection, and you can go to reprotection.org. And I encourage you, if you are an activist or you're someone out front of the abortion center or you run a pregnancy resource center in your town, to keep them in mind. If you see something that's out of sorts with the local abortion center, report it to them, and and they'll work with you to bring this uh, to enforce the laws that are already on the books. Mm -hmm. Missy, we appreciate all the hard work you're doing, and we look forward to working with you in Ohio as well. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot to do in Ohio. (laughs) A lot lot to happen here, right? Amen. Thanks for being on the program. Yeah, thanks so much, Mark. So, friends, I want to give you a quick update on the uh, constitutional amendment that looks like it might be heading towards the November ballot here in Ohio. And, friends, if you if you listen to my program, you follow me on social media, what have you, just because it's about Ohio, don't tune out because uh, all it's for all the marbles here. If the pro-abortion people get this on the ballot and they were to pass this that would enshrine abortion in the Ohio Constitution, all bets are off for the rest of the country. They'll be taking this to every state in the union before long if we don't beat them here, if we don't defeat them here. And so I've been, uh, you know, sounding the alarm for people to keep their eyes on Ohio. We're going to need your help to defeat this measure. So I want to give you a quick update. The campaign has been launched to defeat this because the ballot language was approved by the Ohio Ballot Board. And so this week, or last week, the coalition, that is the coalition which includes Created Equal and uh, and lots of other organizations have launched their campaign and their website. Now, the website is protectwomenohio.com. That's protectwomenohio.com. You can go there and get the basic information on what the campaign's going to look like. Now, let me say this. I'm not a big fan of the Protect Women Ohio name. I mean, I, I don't know of a better one, per se. I would have liked to see maybe Protect Women and Children Ohio or Protect Ohio Women and Children, but it is what it is. And the point of the matter is the other side and the media probably aren't going to be using the name very often anyway. Uh, it, 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 we had to come up with a name. That's the name of the coalition decided on. So I'll leave that there. But here's the deal. Here's the problem with the ballot initiative. And folks, these are the talking points that you can have 
if you're talking to people about the abortion amendment in Ohio. First of all, it expands abortion until birth. So late-term abortions will now be illegal in Ohio. Right now we have a law in the books that prevents abortions after 20 weeks. This would blow that away. In fact, every single pro-life law regulating, restricting, and even banning abortion with the Ohio heartbeat bill at the detection of a heartbeat would be gone. History. Uh, So it wipes out all of those, I say common sense, or all those uh, laws that were passed by the legislature, by a duly elected legislature and signed by our governor. Those would be wiped out. Uh, We would have taxpayer-funded abortion in Ohio. We, all the health and safety requirements for surgical centers would be gone. And then uh, parental rights would be uh, usurped. In other words, there would be no limitations on underage children, women, uh, girls to get abortions. They can do that without the consent of their parent. So here's the bottom line on this entire thing. And that is if this if the abortion people get the, the, the needed signatures, which is a little over 400,000 uh, valid signatures by July 1st, this will go on the November ballot. So it's game on in Ohio, friends. We need your support now. Uh, we don't have the time, and this is hard for me to say because I'm an activist. I want to change hearts and minds on abortion. But we do not have enough time, that is six months, to move the needle on the abortion issue alone. Now, we're going to move that needle. I mean, Created Equal is committed to debating and winning the debate on abortion using the assets, the resources, the projects, our money, our talent, everything to change the debate on abortion, to win that debate in the public square. We, like no others, are positioned in the state of Ohio to do that. And we're going to continue to do that on college campuses, high schools, overpasses, public squares, whatever it takes, mobile units, mobile LED screens, airplane tope. I mean, the entire gamut we are going to put into play. But we don't have enough time to move the needle enough on abortion, in my opinion, to win, so we've got to to deal with some of these other issues: parental notice, uh, late-term abortion, uh, health and safety regulations. In order to find those, because some people will vote against us, many will, based on those issues, and we've got to be able to reach those those individual demographics as well. So, outside sources, outside entities are going to be funneling millions of dollars into Ohio to push this across the finish line, to get the signatures by July 5th. And here's our action plan, all right? So write this down. Number one, we are launching a decline to sign campaign. That is, when we find out that there are uh, canvassers, door-to-door individuals who are doing deployments in a particular area or in front of a Home Depot or anything like that or in the town square, we want to respond to that with our rapid response team to come against that and try to persuade people not to sign the uh, petition or the, the to, to get the signatures to get this on the ballot. That's number one. This summer, we're going to be hiring canvassers and those in, to be directly involved in the campaign. 
And so we at Created Equal are looking for young people primarily to come to Ohio and for an hourly wage, we will pay you. We'll also help you with your housing and other resources that you will need to make it happen. We'll be involved in voter education. And that starts out with registering people to vote, registering Republicans, pro-life Christians and others who are who are against this constitutional amendment to vote in November. And then finally, I'm involved in, in going around the state of Ohio and conducting town halls that include the di- discussion over the constitutional amendment. My piece is going to be about exposing abortion, the reality of abortion. That's my piece in these town halls. But we are available to go anywhere in the state. That is I and the others here at Created Equal to bring the, the, the this information to your church, to your uh, civic group, to your, you know, your community group, anywhere you want us to go, we'll come and brief you on the details of this constitutional amendment. Friends, this is the biggest threat that we have seen on the abortion front since Roe versus Wade. I am not, I'm not, not underestimating that, and I'm not overstating the threat that we face, friends. So we need you to help us out. And you can come to Ohio, just let us know. Or you, can, if you're in Ohio, just let us know. You can go to the campaign website at protectwomenohio.com. Or if you want to get directly involved with Created Equal and the exposing of abortion, the reality of abortion, you go to createdequal.org. So you've been listening to your radio activists here on the Mark Harrington Show. And uh, we'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember America to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.